You're listening to a classic business podcast as heard on Classic 1027. 1027. Retailer TFG has had an interesting few months with a very successful rights issue and emerging with the bulk of Edcon's 382 South African jet stores and 4,800 employees to boot. Those were transferred to TFG on the 25th uh, last Friday, while the Botswana, Namibia, Lesotho and Eswatini store base is still waiting on some regulatory approval. The bulk of the deal and that potential earnings base has been concluded. I've got uh, CEO Anthony Thunstrom on the line. Good evening, Anthony. It's obviously been a very busy period uh, for the management team. You had originally targeted 371 stores in the purchase, uh, with any additional stores being dependent on successful negotiations on lower rentals. What's the final total number of stores that you've now secured? Hi, Michael. Yeah, the... (laughs) still not quite there yet. We we wanted to get to, in order to make the business model work, uh, you need a certain critical mass. Um, and, you know, we'd, we'd modelled and specified as a condition precedent, uh, as you correctly pointed out, uh, 371 stores in total. As we, you know, got further into negotiations with landlords, we looked at resizing some of the stores. We managed to increase that uh, to a current number sitting at about 420 in total. Um, but even as of you know early this morning, we've been approached by a number of landlords, you know, really along the lines of uh, they haven't got any other tenants for that space, and would we still consider, you know, increasing the the total number? And I think you know for every store that we take over, the good news story there is, yeah, you know, that saves another anywhere from twenty to forty odd jobs, depending on the size of the store. And obviously, uh, for you, <clears throat> you are negotiating from a position of strength in a in a market where. Just walking through one of the big malls over the weekend, you just see um, stores closed left, right and centre. The impacts of COVID-19 have been absolutely devastating. What are you seeing, just on that point, in terms of footfall through some of the major centres in which uh, you operate? Very good question, Michael. I think, you know, we, if you, as we came out of lockdown, we saw an initial uh, spike in demand. I think people were, you know, kind of a bit tired of being locked up at home. Um, they had shopping needs that went out. Um, that quietened down a bit um, over the next couple of months. It started to pick up again most recently, I guess, over the last three to four weeks. Um, but quite a big disparity between the different locations. So if you go to the super regional, the larger shopping centres across the country, um, particularly those that have got a, you know, or, or had a high international tourist foot fall, um, they're still under quite a lot of pressure. Um, and if you look at the more convenient suburban, in some cases rural strip malls, uh, convenience malls, high streets, uh, some of them are pretty much back to last year's levels. Um, so you know, quite a disparity, but overall still depressed. Back to the jet acquisition, and um, it's obviously an established brand, very well known to um, a, a lower to middle market uh, segment. What do you see as jet's uh, intrinsic strengths within the broader TFG group that you're going to look to capitalize on? Yeah, Michael, I think you hit the, the nail on the head. I think, you know, the, the starting point is Jet's got incredible brand equity. Um, you know, as part of the due diligence, we were looking at their sales figures um, at a time where, frankly, they were starved of stock. Um, you know, just given where Edcon was, um, they really didn't have the checkbook to keep them fully stocked. And yet, you know, whatever was going into the Jet stores uh, was selling kind of in record time. 
So I think the brand equity is an absolutely critical piece to try and build that up yourself from scratch. You know, it can take you a decade or more. And, you know, according to all the market research and, uh, again, anecdotally, just through, you know, customer feedback mm-hmm. and customer footfall, that brand equity remains very strong. I think we've also been very impressed with the jet management team, um, those seasoned retailers. Uh, we know quite a few of them just through the retail world. Some of them are ex-TFG, uh, actually. We've, I think, got a very, you know, already got a very good working relationship with the team. It's going to remain in Johannesburg, albeit in the TFG offices in Arsando. But I think the management team is critical. And then from a TFG perspective, we've really been, you know, we've a lot of brands. We cover a lot of different commodities in different sectors. But the one area we've been underrepresented um, as a group historically has been in the value sector. And actually, funny enough, about a year ago, we strategically said we need to do something uh, bigger in the value sector. We've got a couple of small niche brands there, but nothing of real scale and substance. And then Jet came along. So I think it, you know, it very neatly ticks quite a big box for us there. Yeah, and you mentioned uh, that they will be uh, moving to your Sando HQ, which speaks to another uh, area that um, uh, offers great opportunity for you. What sort of margin enhancement are you looking to get through the ability to plug Jet into TFG's back office? Yeah, I think it's going to be absolutely incredibly important for the business model going forward. You know, to be honest, you couldn't really run Jet unless you had a TFG type platform. Jet's very much the front end. It needs to have a very efficient uh, back end behind it. And here I'm talking about RT, technology, um, the whole digital piece. They're not online yet. Um, Logistics, HR, all the things that I think people often take for granted. If you haven't got that base, um, you know, retail, the margins are pretty thin. Um, It's very difficult to be profitable and successful. In essence, we'll be, you know, if you take RT, it's probably a good case in point. They've been massively underinvested in RT for, again, fairly obvious reasons. Um, they're probably 10 to 12 years behind uh, TFG's RT overall. And for instance, we'll be shifting um, Jet onto our RT systems. So it's more of a migration as opposed to an integration. Um, yeah. Not without its challenges, but still simpler than an integration. And it offers them, you know, significant upside. Just as an example, we were in the process of about to start rolling out a new point of sale um, that we'd uh, developed internally. The Jet point of sale is, again, more than 10 years old. Um, it doesn't have great uptime. And, you know, that's just, a, I guess, a practice example of where we start to bring value. Yeah, they can now plug into your MyTFG World platform and that obviously speaks to a big trend that we've seen, Anthony, through COVID-19 and that that's the acceleration of e-commerce. How is that uh, translated through the MyTFG World platform? Yeah, massively. So, I mean, we'd already seen over the last two or three years a significant acceleration in online um, in all of our businesses, both here and internationally. And I think one of the advantages we've had with the international exposure is um, really picking up some of those retail trends well in advance of them hitting South Africa. Um, if I just go back to South Africa, for example, online was about 1% of our turnover at the beginning of our previous financial year. Um, it grew the best part of 100% to roughly 2% by the end of last financial year and through the COVID period up until a couple of days ago when I checked the contribution, we were sitting at just under 6% of our South African turnover. Um, I think a lot of um, market pundits have uh, almost anticipated that you know once lockdown levels dropped off, we were going to drop back to previous online contribution levels. I think we may get a little bit of softening, but I don't share that view. I think you know once you've become a, a seasoned online shopper, it's a hard 
hard habit to kick. Once you've realized that your credit card details are pretty much safe, you get what you ordered, um, it actually arrives at your door and you can change it um, if it's the wrong size, color, or you don't like it. It's a very, very hard habit, I think, to unlearn. It's just too convenient. Absolutely. And uh, why we, we're seeing so much investment into uh, e-commerce now uh, from all comers, uh, even those who, who weren't on that journey, uh, clearly for TFG already having been on that journey and uh, developing the My TFG World platform means you're slightly ahead of many others in the space. If you look at the, the impact, uh, as I've got some uh, Hardy Dolls in the background who are also... <laughs> Um, <laughs> voicing maybe, their maybe approval. Maybe they're shopping on the app. You never know. <laughs> <laughs> they're, they're certainly saying that, uh, that the sun's out and things are, are looking a little bit better as we enter into level one. Uh, I think it's been tough for everyone out there. And I think for, for retailers um, in particular, uh, I think it hasn't been as bad as many had feared. I think not only have revenues come in slightly better than expected, but it looks like um, some of the good management teams have certainly stepped up in terms of cost-cutting, uh, reducing capex, a uh, laser-like focus on things like working capital efficiency. And I would certainly put TFG into that category squarely. Does that potentially mean that buybacks are around the corner? Yeah, thanks, Michael. It's very kind of you in terms of the comments. Um, having said that, look, I think this year for every retailer, regardless, is going to be a tough year. Um, you know, when you've lost uh, between a month and two months of sales, depending on on the nature of, of the stores you are able to or not able to open during lockdown. Um, yeah, that's hard to recover from. Um, but you're quite right. We've taken all the, the other steps um, that you've alluded to. Um, I think it's uh, yeah. I think you know ultimately what we're looking forward to is um, you know where does TFG sit six months hence um, and pretty much everything that we've done whether it's around e-commerce whether it's around jet uh, the capital raise that you referenced earlier it's really around uh, positioning the business for the future as opposed to you know what's undoubtedly a tough time right now and that capital raise uh, was certainly the right thing in hindsight if you look at it uh, the um, the capital raise 3.95 billion at shareholders approved on the 16th of July it added around 20% to the number of shares in issue the company today is worth just over 27 billion rand or just under 12 billion more than your market value was on the 16th of July so um, if you put that another way it's almost 8 billion more than the extra capital raised so the higher share prices already more than compensated for the additional shares much more efficient than going the debt route the right decision in hindsight hundred uh, percent, Michael. Wouldn't change it. I mean, not an easy decision, and the actual the rights issue process. Um, I can't even begin to explain the amount of work that went into that, um, late nights, weekends, etc. But undoubtedly, the right decision. I think you know we were pretty clear around why we embarked on the rights issue, and I think that's probably what supported um, the market capitalisation and share price gains. Um, this wasn't a defensive rights issue where we were running out of money. Um, this was yep. very much around um, making sure that the balance sheet was shored up um, against pretty much any foreseeable disruption through COVID because, you know, none of us have got a crystal ball. Various countries are going back into various levels of lockdown. We just don't know how this plays out or how long it takes. So I think that um, insulation was an, a very important factor. 
We also wanted to ensure that we could continue to invest behind some of our key strategic drives, the things that have made us successful over the last couple of years. Um, we could have pulled back and would have, I guess, if we hadn't um, gone ahead with the capital raise, but areas like the e-commerce that you referenced, um, our own local manufacturing facilities in South Africa, um, driving the brand equity, the social media behind our individual brands, those are all fundamentally important. Uh, the rights issue allows us to continue to invest throughout what you know, clearly is a tough cycle. And then finally, we even referenced it at the time that we announced the intention to do the rights issue. We said we'd expect there to be consolidation across retail in pretty much all of our markets. Um, we didn't necessarily have Jet in mind at the time, um, but Jet came along pretty shortly thereafter, and it gave us, I guess, the confidence and the balance sheet to be able to move very quickly. Uh, so it ticked, again, it ticked all the strategic boxes that um, that we yeah, aimed for. And uh, allowed you as a management team to get on with growing uh, EVA uh, to ensure that uh, shareholders are more than happy and smiling today. Anthony, always a great pleasure chatting to you and look forward to catching up with you at the next results. Take care.